It's a secret the world's wisest cannot discover, for it is only spiritually discerned. You can have it all. You can have it today. You will purchase it without money, but it must be purchased. Have you been born again, as Jesus describes in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again to enter into eternal life. And this, the greatest miracle man can know, is only obtained in Christ Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Acts chapter 4, 10 through 12. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At born again, where you are literally born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God, this marvelous promise becomes yours. John chapter eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? The beauty of salvation is found in two sacrifices. One, the ultimate sacrifice Jesus Christ made on Calvary, where his blood delivers and cleanses from all sin. Satan's stranglehold is broken. First John chapter 1, verse 7, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Number two, the second sacrifice is you. At the cross you repent of and turn from your sins, surrendering your life to Christ Jesus, the Lord of glory. You become a living sacrifice. Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Jesus says this in Luke nine twenty three and 24, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Your cross is a place of death. Here you die daily to the fallen nature. Christ now lives in you. The rewards of our redemption here and in the hereafter are totally out of this world, but these rewards must be purchased. That requires two sacrifices, two crosses. Christ paid it all on Golgotha's hill, where he hung and died upon a cross, and now redeems all that will call upon his name and take up their cross and follow him. Are you ready to pay the price? 
Today, in just mere moments, if you follow me in a simple prompt, everything will change for you. Today, all your sin and its shame will be washed away. Today, all of Satan's bondages will be broken. The bigger, the better. Today, you will become a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's true. Are you ready to purchase what money can't buy? Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Proverbs chapter 22, 20, and 21, Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. God said, Proverbs 35 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said, Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Man said, My professors in today's media speak with such confidence. They tell me the God of the Bible is antiquated and is a weight dragging down an enlightened mind. Who needs God? Not me. Isn't it comforting? I'm free. Well, yeah, okay, so maybe I'm bound by dope, booze, and nicotine. And maybe I'm tied into pornography, hatred, and gossip. And yeah, maybe I'm a sexual pervert who has warts and lesions and a few other things. But that's what my freedom looks like. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1060, that will for the 1060th time certify the full supernatural inerrancy of God's holy word found in the majority text authorized King James Version of the Bible. All 1060 of these marvelous faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio free of charge for the edification of the faithful and as a platform from which to convince the gainsayer. Every Thursday eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming today. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. The carnal academics, the scientists, the educators, the researchers— are in a constant state of flux. One may find this hard to believe, but they're proud of their error. Their truth of yesterday is debunked by their truth of today, and their truth of today will be debunked by their truth of tomorrow. Samuel Arbusman points out some disconcerting facts in his book, The Half-Life of Facts, which has the subhead, Why Everything We Know Has an Expiration Date. Another way to avoid the surprise of changes in knowledge is to simply recognize that it's not that surprising. We are getting better at internalizing this. For example, many medical schools inform their students that within several years, half of what they've been taught will be wrong, and the teachers just don't know which half. End of quote. Just as late as the 1960s, the world scientists theorized that the Earth and its universe 
had no beginning. But now, due to the inescapable second law of thermodynamics, they have been forced to change their position. The second law, also known as the law of entropy, where all things proceed from order to disorder, forced the evolutionist into an about-face. They now embrace the Big Bang Theory, or the idea that an explosion out of nothing occurred, and voila, here we are. Quite mentally satisfying, don't you think? Carnal science's position changes constantly, yet uh, we are told to follow the science. Most will be surprised that God said, man said, agrees. The word science simply means knowledge, and God is the source of, of true knowledge in its entirety. By his knowledge and his wisdom and understanding, all things visible and invisible have been created. He is the source of the knowledge academia seeks and the answer to the every question. Yet they reject and malign his every word, only to fall into the dung pile of the error of their own making. With their God-empty theories, they fail without fail. Yet they rise up unashamed, adjust their unbelief, and soldier on, smell included. So yes, follow the science, the science that never changes. The Holy Bible is filled with God's instructions, precepts, commandments, and insights, literally laden with perfect science. He declares it all from the beginning of time to the present, to future events, to the end of the world, and even the truth about life after death. God's Word was authored by Him and penned by His holy men thousands of years ago, and it remains unchanged and undefeated. In their June 2021 issue, the science publication Discover Magazine puts themselves forth as the great arbiters of truth. The cover illustration of the issue has the words fact and fake artistically presented with the main headline, How to Spot Pseudoscience Online and in Your Life. The second headline reads, Fun Ways to Fight Fake News. The feature was festooned with pseudoscience and fake news. A few examples follow. On page 12, under the heading, Do We Really Need to Protect Every Species? You'll find this sentence. Extinctions of species occurred long before humans arrived on Earth. Again on page 12 of Discover Magazine, under the title, The Counterpoint, Morals Matter, is this excerpt. Tierra Curry is a scientist and activist with the Center for Biological Diversity. Curry's main motivation, however, is morality. Mass global extinctions have happened five times before, but humans have the capacity to understand that we are causing this one because we know, she says, I think we have the moral responsibility to take care of our fellow earthlings. Page 13, under the heading, the search goes on. Scientists have long posited the slight differences in how matter and antimatter behave could have led to matter to win out in the moments after the Big Bang, but finding those asymmetries have proved difficult. On page 17, the feature subject is titled, The One Man Gar Fan Club. The subhead of this feature reads, Meet the Biologist who wants you to love prehistoric fish as much as he does. It reads in part. But the gar 
which scientists, including Charles Darwin, have referred to as a living fossil, has many traits useful for research into human and ecosystem health. Solomon David is determined to make sure the rest of the world knows about them. David runs down a list of interesting facts about the gar. Their ancestors first appeared around 157 million years ago during the late Jurassic period, even before Tyrannosaurus rex. David is working with evolutionary scientists to help make gars a viable model species for scientific research. Page 47 title, uh, title feature is Natural Born Liars. The subhead reads, The Big Lie. In the evolution of deceit, language only came about quite recently, billions of years after more basic tools of the con. Page 62's headline reads, In Search of the Dark Ages. An excerpt from that article follows. Some 13.8 billion years ago, our universe burst into being. In a fraction of a second, it ballooned from subatomic to the size of a grapefruit. End of quotes. This is just a sampling of the pseudoscience in the June 2021 issue of Discover magazine, whose cover reads, How to Spot Pseudoscience Online and in Your Life. Every one of the statements listed are pseudoscience, fake news. Both the evolutionist and the Bible believers see the same facts, but interpret them differently according to their worldview, their starting bias. The evolutionists approach the facts in unbelief totally anchored to the doctrine of uniformitarianism, without which deep time does not exist. In evolution's geology, uniformitarianism claims that the present is the key to the past. This premise posits that the Earth's geology travels along at an even predictable rate of entropy and uses today's measurements to extrapolate back in time to the Earth's beginnings. Because of their beginning bias of unbelief, they have overlooked two colossal non-uniform events. Event number one is creation itself. Just over 6,000 years ago, it all began. If the unbeliever would have arrived on the earth on the seventh day of time when God was resting from all his work, that unbeliever would have gazed on the earth and all its amazing life forms, and then lifted their eyes to the marvels of the heavens and concluded vast ages when it was only days old. No evolutionist would call this uniform. Event number two. Event two is the catastrophic world-ending dis disaster, which was the global flood in the days of Noah. If this event actually occurred, evolution's uniformitarianism, its foundation that defends deep time, is utterly vanquished. The Bible believer approaches the facts in faith in God and His Word. The student of the Scriptures knows that God, through Christ Jesus, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, created the earth and its universe in six 24-hour days just over 6,000 years ago. In their arsenal of facts, the believer can point to a host of facts that confirm, from a myriad of non-Christian ancient societal records attesting to the beginning, to microbiology's first man and first woman, who are called Y-chromosome Adam and MTDNA Eve, to Adam's rib, and how about to the harmful mutations which have degraded 
and are still degrading the human brain, proving that man had his best brain 3,000 to 6,000 years ago. Yes, to Adam. The Christian can point to over 100 scientific measurements that shout, Young, young, young. A real eye-opener is the God Said, Man Said, the 6,000 series. The facts confirm faith. Regarding event number two, the Bible believer approaches the facts through faith in God's Word. We believe that God destroyed the entire earth in the days of Noah by a global flood. And surely, the facts that confirm this are staggering. A partial list would include over 500 mostly non-Christian societal records that say yes, ancient historians, a global mass extinction by water, all mountain peaks were once underwater, marine fossils found on every mountain peak, whale bones found in the deserts, three-quarters of the earth is covered by flood strata, water levels today that are 400 feet higher than in the ancient past, and nearly all fossils shown to be a product of water action. This list could go on for pages, but you get the idea. God Said, Man Said has over 100 features on this subject. Revisit them or read them for the first time in the Noah series. The facts confirm and confirm and confirm and confirm again. Pseudoscience, often considered the truth in its day, creates entire industries to support their foolishness. Consider the demonizing of the incredible edible God created in the highly endorsed egg. Science of the very recent past said eggs are bad for the health and created a long list of egg-beater-type products to compete against the dangers of the egg. But now, today's science says go ahead and eat eggs because it turns out eggs are good for you. Who knew? Under the title Show Me the Science, Discover Magazine reports, when researchers identified cholesterol's role in heart disease, and cholesterol's high levels in eggs. They warned people to be cautious about their egg consumption. Then, when they discovered that there were two types of cholesterol and eggs have the healthier kind, eggs went back on the menu. End of quote. Who will be responsible for all the bad dietary decisions that damaged quality of life for millions, which was a result of following the science? I am reminded of God's beautiful butter. Bad, says science, and margarine, good, says science. For 40 years, medical science discredited God's butter and pushed margarine down the world's throats. Who will pay the price for millions of shortened lives that were a result of pseudoscience, the science of the day? Finally, two excerpts from Discover Magazine. Most things published in 2020 in science are going to be wrong in about 10 years. And that's not a problem, says Gordon, Princeton University historian. That's how it's supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to work. This last quip from Discover Magazine is found in the feature Show Me the Science. I think that it is genuinely one of the most impressive and one of the best features of science, says Merrick Scal philosopher of science at the University of Nevada. When it goes wrong, it fixes itself. It can correct itself. End of quote. 
Reading the world's popular scientific publications would cause one to conclude the theory of evolution had graduated from theory to fact, but that is far from the truth, and especially within their own ranks. The following excerpts are from the June 2021 issue of Acts and Facts titled, Evolution's Divide is Creation's Opportunity, which was written by R.J. Guliuza, P.E.M.D. In November 2016, Great Britain's prestigious Royal Society held a conference to deliberate if evolutionary theory needed to be extended, reformed, or totally overhauled to accommodate fresh ideas from new discoveries. The vital importance of this conference was framed in the scientific journal Nature in a point-counterpoint-style article, Does Evolutionary Theory Need a Rethink? The authors noted that researchers are divided over what processes should be considered fundamental. A division over basic processes at the core of any theory suggests that the theory could be incomplete, misleading to both research and conclusions, or wrong. One researcher advocating for what is essentially a major revision in evolutionary theory, though modestly labeled as the Extended Evolutionary Synthesis, EES, is Kevin Leyland of the University of St. Andrews. He said, The data supporting our position gets stronger every day. Yet the mere mention of the EES often evokes an emotional, even hostile reaction among evolutionary biologists. Too often, vital discussions descend into acrimony with accusations of muddle or misrepresentation. The acrimony, per Leyland, is generated since this is no storm in an academic teapot. It is a struggle for the very soul of the discipline. In John Hand's first-hand report on the conference, is it time to drop Darwinism? He describes the modern synthesis as this. This paradigm, a combination of Darwinism, population genetics, and what Francis Crick called the central dogma of evolutionary biology, is known as Neo-Darwinism or the modern synthesis. Popularized by Richard Dawkins in his best-selling 1976 book, The Selfish Gene, it is a statistical model validated not by observation or experiment, but by simplistic games models borrowed from 1940 economics. It was not only online articles that chronicled these deep divisions. The article, Schism and Synthesis at the Royal Society, in the leading science journal, Trends in Ecology and Evolution, by one conference organizer, explains why the discussion witnessed little meeting of minds. Framing the acrimony as a bitter dispute between incumbent advocates of the evolutionary status quo versus revolutionary rivals, the outspoken evolutionist Perry Marshall noted, incumbents were anxious that the conference might pronounce that evolutionary theory is due for a complete overall. Rivals worried that the Royal Society might smear lipstick, uh, <laughs> lipstick on the same old pig, continuing to plead natural selection as the be-all, end-all of everything. The tension in the room was palpable, sharpened by the history of this topic being fraught with politics, bitter feuds, and bad blood. Leyland also observed, this tension was manifest in the discussions where different interpretations of the same findings were voiced. 
the conference brought home a key point. These debates are not about data, but rather about how findings are interpreted and understood. Evolutionists are so steep, uh, deeply divided over their beliefs about the basic cause of evolution that a number of them feel that new findings have battered current theory beyond repair and call for it to be replaced. Three attendees summarize the sentiment of many evolutionists. The modern synthesis, while undoubtedly productive for time, is a misconception of reality that has reached the limits of its, ex of its explanatory power. The problems are fundamental. No amount of cosmetic surgery is going to correct them. In another exchange, exchange fellow of the Royal Society, Patrick Bateson of Cambridge, replied to a questioner in no uncertain terms. Natural selection is not an agent. Translation, blind watchmaker must be stripped down to the engine blocks and rebuilt from the ground up. While some speakers defended the current paradigm, others called for an extension of Nero-Darwinian evolutionary synthesis to accommodate these alternatives. However, such mechanics contradict Nero-Darwinism. You can't extend something that is broken. After 70 years, it is time to move on and use ideas supported by evidence to develop a new paradigm for evolutionary biology. A recent essay by Dr. Paul Nelson, who also attended the Royal Society meeting and is an articulate advocate for research by the intelligent design community, summed up perfectly the need to move on from only attacking or tweaking evolutionary theory toward replacing it altogether. End of quotes. Does that sound like a big yes vote for evolution? How do you successfully follow the science when half of their facts today will be debunked in 10 years and they don't know which half? God, the Father and source of all knowledge, has the perfect, inerrant solution, and it's called the Holy Bible. Embrace the beautiful book and live life and live it more abundantly, even eternally. Build your life on the truth that never changes. Follow God. Follow true science. God said, Proverbs 22, 20, and 21, Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee? God said, Proverbs 35 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said, Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Man said, My professors and today's media speak with such confidence they tell me the God of the Bible is antiquated and is a weight dragging down an enlightened mind. Who needs God? Not me. Isn't it comforting? I'm free. Well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, maybe I'm bound by dope and booze and nicotine. Uh, maybe I'm tied up in pornography, hatred, and gossip. And yeah, maybe I'm a sexual pervert who has warts and lesions and a few other things. But that's what my freedom looks like. Now you have the record.